All right, you guys, welcome back to the Low Bottom High Rise podcast with me, Moira Kasaba, and I have an amazing guest for you today. Henry Amar is with us from, well, you're in St. George, Utah today, but you right you live in Utah. You're in Utah, right? Yeah, I split between Utah and Nevada, so. Okay. Uh, awesome. Part. Awesome. Well, I am so incredibly thrilled for my audience to just know you and, and hear your wisdom and your magic. And I want to tell a quick little backstory. So this is kind of fun. We met a month or two ago in the back, kind of the back row of a mastermind um, event. And yeah. here's the funny part. I just felt your energy. Like you are, your energy is infectious before you even open your mouth. I had no idea you were a speaker. I didn't know that you were getting ready to take the stage. And so we had this connection. I don't know how, I mean, we were just sitting there. We're both friendly, you know, talkative people. And so we just strike out this conversation and it goes so real, so deep. So fast. So quick. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I think you're my new best friend. And we yeah. talked for a long time. And then all of a sudden I, you come out on the stage and I was like, wait, I had no idea you were speaking. <laughs> so uh, that talk that you gave at that event, just, I mean, rocks my world in the best of ways. And I'm really excited for you to share some of that today. But Henry, first of all, just thank you for being here. Well, it's an honor. I'm so grateful. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. But I would love for you to start with this kind of, I don't want to say it's a loaded question, but I ask this often, who is Henry Amar? How would you dis define that? That's a, a great question that I think I'm constantly discovering more and more, yeah. you know, depending on which identity that I'm, I'm look, which lens I'm looking through the spiritual yeah. version, right? Like, you know, the, the, the spiritual version of me, the, you know, the husband, the father, the, you know, all these different things. Um, but if I were to answer that honestly and sincerely with the first thing that comes to my mind is just um, someone that does his best to bring more love and light into the world mm. and to be the best that I could be for first those I love and the everybody else I get a chance to encounter, you know, wow. and uh, I, that's my first initial honest answer. I just like to be like, just what's on my heart. And yeah, initial thought is that not that I get it perfectly right, but I do my best to, to embody that, that identity, you know, because I, you know, it's very interesting where like this last couple of weeks, you know, uh, a lot of my older relatives, you know, started just getting really ill or like going to the hospital, see them. And it, you know, it reminded me of the time when my mother and my father were both sick, both of my parents have passed, but it really puts life in perspective. Like, mm -hmm. who am I? Whose am I? What do I want to say at the mm -hmm. end of my life? Like, what do I really want to say? Not the Sunday school answer, right? But what do I really want to say? And that the answer you just got comes from like, two weeks of real reflection of what am I, who am I, and what am I here to do? Like, what's the, right. what matters, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. And I love that we're having this conversation. I hate that you've had to walk through so many hard things as of late, but I love that we get to have this conversation because it's a different conversation. Right. Yeah. And I, I want you to know that the second I asked that question, who is Henry Amar, what literally came to my heart was you are a light bringer. That's who you are in my eyes. That's what I've seen. Like there is, that was just divinely, I feel like downloaded to me. Like that's who you are. 
And I love that you used those same words in Mm. a lot of ways, you know? Um, So tell me this then, before we kind of get back into your story, what are you doing professionally in the world? How would you define that? Because I know you're you're a dad, you're a husband, but what is how would you define it professionally? You know, I I've been obsessed with human behavior for 26 years now, like literally obsessed, like understanding fears and traumas and peak performance and just every part of the human aspect. But I've also been involved in like the pop culture world. I was in a boy band back in the day. And I, I went on this parallel pathway of personal development and you know, spirituality and um, like the mainstream pop culture world. And so that doesn't happen often. You're a rare breed. Not many people yeah. go on that, those paths <laughs> simultaneously. <laughs> you, need, you need the spirituality and the especially the personal development when you're going in that path, you know. So <laughs> yes. It's fascinating. And I realized early on that there's so much power to go where everybody already is and to give them something empowering. And so a lot of the stuff I do, I bring together this pop culture world with the empowerment space, with the, mm. you know, the, the impact space. And so um I, I, you know, I have my podcast, I'm speaking, I'm finishing, you know, my book. My wife and I are doing a book also, and all that stuff that, you know, that we do, as well as partnerships and campaigns. And um, so like we did a project with, you know, Yoko Ono, I don't know if she, she was, oh, yeah. Yeah. we did a project with her and a music festival to promote peace in former Yugoslavia. Right. And we, we did this huge event. It was really, really cool. Got a chance to meet her. She gave me the coolest advice. Um, and then, so we, you know, my thought is, wait, you have to go back to Yoko's advice. You can't gloss over that. Well, yeah, <laughs> thanks. You know, it, it was so interesting. So I'm really, really grateful for, so Interesting backstory. I, I'm like layering so many stories in one. So um, I used to be really passive and really fearful, which is what led me to the personal development. I didn't want to feel caged. I kept feeling stuck. I kept feeling like I wanted to move forward. But every time I did, I would like hinder it or I would stop moving forward when, it, you know, and I was like, I just want to be free. I just want to be free. I want to feel empowered. But I felt so insecure, so fear-based, so stuck. and. Um, the crazy part of this story is as soon as I started finding breakthroughs, I started sharing it as I was speaking. And when I was sitting, we were sitting with Yoko and it was really cool. There was four of us on a table. She was one of them. And we're in her apartment at the Dakota across the street from Central Park, which was so cool. And she had these glasses that were like kind of lowered on her face. And it was interesting because we're talking and she kept looking at me and just nodding her head. And I was like, I just smile at her and be like, you know, everyone's talking and she's like looking at me and finally like, she just stops and says, excuse me, are you the one that speaks to the younger generation here? Wow. She goes, I heard that you speak to the younger generation and I speak at these music festivals and she's like, I I've heard about you. And I said, wow, thank you so much. I go, I, that's my, one of my goals is to bring some light and love and goodness and truth to this younger, younger world, you know? And she goes, I, she goes, I need to tell you something. And I said, sure. She goes, you need to tell them that no matter what obstacles come their way, no matter what votes happen, what government says, they need to do what they know is right. No matter what happens, you need to keep moving forward. And you, no matter what anybody says about you, you have to keep on going with what mission you have. The activists came out and she, yeah. like oh. probably two and a half minutes, just poured into me of Wow. You need to step up and you need to be honor what you know is true, regardless of what anything else, anybody else says, because 
people that change the world will have opposition, will have resistance. And she goes, people don't like change, but if you really want to facilitate goodness and change in the world, expect opposition, but you got to keep on going. And you tell those kids, you tell them, no matter what happens in the world, they can make a difference. And I mean, she's pouring into me and I'm like, whoa, I'm sitting here at Central, across you from Central Park with Yoko in her and Lennon's apartment. And she's just like, testifying to me pretty yeah. much. And I'm sure you're taking that to heart for yourself too, because no matter where we get career-wise, accolade-wise, the things that we create and do in the world, we're still up against that every single day, right? So you're like, all right, I'll, I'll tell the younger generation, but thank you for that nugget for myself, because yeah. we need people in our life constantly at every step up the mountain or around the mountain that are just continually pouring into us and telling us that we can do it, that we can keep going, that we can overcome the obstacle that comes up, that we can overcome the new fear. Because it's not like you and I got over our fear 20 years ago and that was it, right? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Level new devil, man, all the time. Yes, new level, new devil. Absolutely. I want to go back because you painted this picture so beautifully. I mean, I just see you as this incredible force. And you said you were trapped, you were caged, you were stuck in fear and insecurity, and you had breakthroughs. And so I, because I'm always obsessed with like, what was the breakthrough? What did you do? What happened? You know, what did happen? And I know it wasn't one thing. It was probably a lot of things, but what like that's so much so often the question from the audience is they're stuck they're stuck in that insecurity how do we get through that how did you get through that yeah thank you for asking um you know first I had to realize it was possible mm. you know they say that there's uh, i forgot who said this but they said there's four things you absolutely need to go after something mm. first you need to believe that it's possible mm-hmm. i'm taking my I own think- notes <laughs> oh you're yeah first you need to believe that it's possible Second, you need to believe that there's a way to get there. Third, you need to believe that there's a way that you can get there. Ah. And then fourth, you need to believe that it's worth it. Mm. And if you're missing one of them, chances are you're probably not going to go after it. So if you're not pursuing something, maybe you don't believe that maybe you don't believe it's possible for you or for whatever. Mm. Maybe you believe there's a way to get there, but that's not really for me. But for the first time in my life, at that point, someone put a book in front of me. And the book had all these questions at the end of the chapter. I was 17 years old and I was just like, oh man, I just don't like this feeling. I felt like a fraud. Like it was just like, you know, you're putting on this show, you want validation. I was literally, my nickname was passive. And wow. so I, um, I was like, I read this book. I was like, oh my gosh, it's possible. Like I can, ch- I can change. I can be free. I can be confident like that guy. I can feel you know, I could have relationships like that person. I I just like my eyes opened up like yeah. this of hope, I guess I would say, opened up in my heart. And then I realized that there are books like this that can show me it's how to do it mm-hmm. and that I can take mm-hmm. away there. And then you start studying people that have been, you know, yeah. not everybody started where they were. And I got obsessed. Like I would go to every seminar, I would read as many books. I would develop enough courage to email people. Like I remember emailing this guy who was on like Forbes list because I was like, I want to understand success and his family and successful. And so we had a mutual connection and I said, Hey, can I come sit with you and just, I would love just to chat for 20 minutes and get your insights. So I would literally just 
start dissecting everything I could and picking up principles of empowerment, principles of healing, principles of reprogramming my, my mind. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I started to change. I was like, Whoa, I, then I started to see so many other people struggling with what I struggled Mm -hmm. with a different face attached to it. Cause fear has different faces. Fear can look as fear of failure. Fear can look as anxiety for the future. Fear can look as perfectionism, Mm -hmm. procrastination, sabotage. I mean, the list goes on. Right. And I said, Whoa, we are battling a fear and people's nervous systems are like, you know, it's, that's a nerdy way to say it, but are, are hindering us because I don't feel safe going after something. Right. I don't, I need someone else's opinion to feel better in my life. And so as soon as I tasted goodness, I was like, yeah. I want to teach this to everybody. And this was the time my boy band was going on and yeah. that's how it started intertwining. Cause we would be wow. on stage. I was like, I have, I have thousands of people looking at us. I can yeah. pick up the mic and say something to, to help maybe one person. And wow. that was, the, that was the beginning of all this, but it was the hope. There was someone wrote a book funny. I was a 17 year old and my cousin gave me a Dr. Phil book, which is, so that was the first book. That's what I was going to ask. Book. What was that first book? Which one, which book was it of his? Do you remember? Oh, Life matters, I think. Mm. Um, and honestly, I don't remember the book. I just remembered hope it sparked hope in this 17 year old. Like I can change and that's yeah. possible. And that's the beautiful part about it. The second I realized that I can do it, because honestly, if I can do it, I feel like anybody can. Because yes. if you really knew, and I know you know this from your, your life, because you you preach this, and I love it, that your past doesn't have to equal your future unless right. you choose. And that's so liberating. Like, holy, yeah. like right now, where you are, you yeah. can go a different path that in, you know, it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when yeah. you can get to a different destination. Yes, 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 yes. And I love that you said, because that was so similar to my own path. You know, I, I tasted the possibility and I, my eyes and my mind were just open to like a different way of thinking, you know, that my past does not dictate my future or my limitations don't dictate my future. And like you said, it was that door just cracks open and that light starts to come in. And I too became obsessed. And I think so much of building a new belief is finding proof that it's possible, finding proof to, I always think of, I always say belief is like a tabletop and you got to find the legs to support the new tabletop, right? And so that's done through researching and reading and getting to know all these stories and, and you and I, and almost everybody I interview on this podcast is like, if I can do it, they can do it. You know, it's like, (laughs) we're all just normal people. You don't come into the world full of confidence and thinking like, I'm going to go conquer the world. You know, you come and, and childhood and adolescence just hammers us down. Right. And nowhere along that path, unless it's, you know, our family, our friends, are we ever taught the things that matter, the things that you started to consume at 17 years old, the things that I started to consume. I'm like, where is this in the younger generation? Why aren't we teaching this in schools? Yeah. You oh, know? The coolest meeting. Uh, so one of the things that we're doing right now, dude, talk about divine choreography, whatever you want to call it, right? Yeah. Whatever your listeners believe. Um, so we're doing, you know, one of the reasons I love pop culture is we can get to the younger generation through that. Um, about two months ago, I, uh, I was telling somebody on the phone, I was like, man, cause I'm launching this campaign around emotional wellness, mental health, emotional regulation, all these tools. Right. 
and we're putting together this incredible board of experts. It's really, really powerful. But I, um, I sat there and I said, oh my gosh, we need to get this to the younger generation. We need to gather all the YouTube influencers and stars, yes. do something like this, get into schools, do this, do that. That I mentioned two YouTube families. That night, I go to lead a retreat with my wife and we're doing this. It was like a couple's retreat. There was um, five, there were five couples initially there. And I had no idea except for two of who was going to be there. I walk in and who are two out of the five? Two, those two families. Wow. Wow. And so um, the goal is over the next year, um, gathering these resources and experts and then changing the languaging to reach this younger generation. I talked to somebody that's connected to all the schools yesterday. And how do we, how do we get this into them? Yeah. I wish I would have had this when I was younger. Right. Not just like share your story and be great. Yeah. It's like, give me, like, help me embody. Right this, you know, yeah. give me the processes, give me the step-by-step. It's like, we need to just kind of boil it down for, for younger kids, you know, and it doesn't matter if you're learning it at 40 or 14. It's like, there, there are these simple concepts and practices and ways that we change and grow and, and need to see things. And it can be taught to any age, but I mean, this is how we change the world. This is how we change the world. We change it generationally, by getting it in the hands of the younger generation. I am so passionate about this whole subject. We're going to have to talk a lot when we yeah. when we hit stop on this recording. Yeah. Um, so I, would you, I, I didn't think about this until I just see you here in front of me. You shared one of the most powerful stories that I have shared with a lot of other people because it was so impactful for me. Will you share that story? It was a subway, right? It was yeah. that season of life. I mean, this is like knock your freaking socks off. And here's the crazy thing. We always think like, no way. But then in the same breath, I'm like, but of course, but God, you know? Totally. Yeah. Thanks. I I, I just remembered I, I shared that with you. Yeah. I um, It was a season of life where it was really hard. I don't know. You know, so when you try to get your life in order per se. And you try, you seek to do the right thing. At first I thought the second I started to change and connect spiritually and grow emotionally and that the golden sidewalk was going to come out and it was going to be right. Well, life was going to get better, but I felt like life got worse for a second. Mm-hmm. And I was like, um, this makes no sense. You know? Yeah. So I, I was sitting there and, you know, um, and if you're listening and you don't believe in God, then the principle still is true, yeah. you know? For me, it was God, and, and I was praying, and I said, God, if, I said, I'm willing to do whatever's right, whatever. I will stick to truth is so big for me. I will do what's right. I said, but this is hard. And so this I want to paint this picture a little bit, cl- not more clearly, but I want the audience to like identify with this because even as adults, when we start to pursue growth, especially in marriages, you know, I mean, I always say like, you're rewriting the contract. Like, you know, you need to renegotiate the contract sometimes in marriage, because when you start to all of a sudden become someone else, show up differently, act differently, do things differently, that's not who your spouse married, you know? And, and so that personal growth tract, I think in marriage can be really tough when the other person isn't on that train yet or isn't on that train at all and and can be kind of tearing you down. So 
again, even if you're 40 or 50 and you're experiencing this, you were how old at this time? Um, goodness. I was probably, this was in my twenties. Yeah. So in twenties, early twenties, I would say. Yeah. Um, and you're absolutely right. Cause as soon as, as soon as you start to change, not only do you have internal resistance, mm-hmm. but you have external resistance. It's like both. Yeah. Yeah. The, the of like, oh my gosh, I'm changing. And ah, like, it's really, really hard. And I'm changing my lifestyle. And also people are like, wait, like, what, what are you doing? Like, you know, I had to, I, at the time I let go of my girlfriend of three and a half years because she was not, I realized I was in a, something that I stuck in with a little bit too long, even though yeah. oceans were with her, you know, I had so many things fall apart at that time. And sometimes things fall apart that we were hanging on to that weren't supposed to be there in the first place. You know, like yeah. if you align yourself, I, I, I heard this quote that says, live in your truth. And if something falls away, it's called alignment. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was really hard. I felt like I was losing everything and I was, I was gaining a new identity. And so when, when you're at that place in life where you're like, man, I'm just trying to do what's right, but it yeah. feels so hard. And I feel like there's, it's just overwhelming. And I was literally sitting there and I was like, this is just, I said, I'm willing to do whatever it takes, mm-hmm. said, but this is hard. And I prayed and I said, give me something. If you can, please. Give me something. And this was one where I was like, I don't need to like, whatever. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And all of a sudden I, you know, I had these like scriptures on me and I yeah. opened it up and no joke. I literally felt like there was like a light hitting one verse and it was Romans chapter eight, verse 28 in the new Testament. It says all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Right. And I was like, yeah, all things work together for good. Cool. It's and almost you're like, not all things are working together to good is what you're feeling in the moment. <laughs> yeah. You feel in the moment and you're like, cool thing. It's like the same thing, you know, you put up on your Instagram story and you move on with life. Right. It's like kind of got it, but you didn't really embody it. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I read that and I'm like, it's so hard. And I'm sitting there like I get on the train and I'm sitting there on the train and there. I just, you know, you're in your head, but you know, when you know, someone's walking towards you and you feel their presence and you know, there's like an energy shift, mm-hmm. I felt this energy shift. And I, I look up and there's a guy on crutches walking right towards me and you could hear the crutches. It was like really interesting. It's like a movie. And I look up at him and I was like, I wonder if he, he's not acting like he's walking somewhere else. He's coming right to me. And he comes to me and he, he stops right in front of me and he goes, Hey, and I'm like, Hey. Yeah. You're thinking, is this guy going to ask for money? Like what's yeah. happening? Yeah. What's happening? I have no clue. <laughs> and all of a sudden he looks at me and he goes, when God says all things, he means all things. He didn't say some things. He didn't say almost everything. He didn't say a little bit of things. He said, all things will work together for your good. You stay on the path. And I was like, and walks away walks away. I don't even know where he went. I was so in my head. I was like, there's no way that guy would have known it. I didn't have anything on me. Right. That was a clear message to me that I could believe to me, I could believe in God or believe in a higher source or believe in the truths that things work out, but I didn't believe it. Right. right. There's a difference between believing in and believing. And so I, that was a big moment for me. Mm. And I said, you know what? Um, I'm going to go through this anyways. So how can I grow through it? How can I keep my eyes on the prize? How can I, I know where I want to be. I know in my heart, the right thing to do, 
I just have to be willing just to keep my eyes on the prize. Cause when I looked at the obstacles, the obstacles were greater. Yeah. Kept my eye to the light. When I, when I surrounded myself with the people that were going to keep me going, um, things just changed. And whenever things get really hard right now, I said, I don't know how all these things are going to work together for my good. Even if it doesn't happen the way that I think it should happen. Yeah. Um, I'm just grateful for that, that belief and that promise, because it, it, it gives me so much more peace because trust. Yeah. Peace comes from trust. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I always think it may not be years until we can look back and, and understand it and the pieces are knit together. You know, there have been so many times in my life and I always use my my last business before I stepped into coaching. It was a very successful business, but it run it ran me into the ground. I ended up walking away from it because I just had to, to save my soul and lost a ton of money. And from the outside looking in, like, I remember my mom saying like, I guess that was for nothing. My husband's like, we lost all that money. You know, you invested all this time. And I'm like, do you not see that nothing now would be happening without every single second of that experience? Like, it, and, and people just have such a hard time wrapping their head around that. I'm like, I wouldn't have seen my coaching business through the lens that I was able to gain through that experience. The things that I learned in that experience were assets in the, in my coaching business. Like everything that is so successful in my life right now is derived directly out of the hard. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. absolutely. You know, it made me think of sometimes people are like, well, how do you say all things work together? You know, when bad things happen, you know, uh, uh, I'll tell you something really interesting. The serenity prayers is one I love so much. It's, yeah. you know, God grant me the peace and serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can and the wisdom to know the difference, you know? Um, and so like one of the biggest things that I, I realized for me in, in like, for example, when my mother had cancer, like how, how, like, of course I'm like, well, how does this work together for my good? Right. I couldn't control what I couldn't control, but I had to control what I could. Yes. And that was me. And I remember um, th- there was a there was a level of there was an experience that I had when my mother passed away. I was holding her hand, and I remember looking at um, my mom, and I said, and I told myself, Henry, you have a choice right now. What you decide right now will determine a, a lot of the story that happens in your life that will determine your life. And I looked at my mom, and I said this out loud. And I said, Mom, I will honor your life with how I live mine. Oh. You know, and it's interesting because sometimes I can't control circumstances, but I can control Henry. Right. You know, and I can control what I do with them and I can control to um, move forward because what's the other option? Right. right? Sometimes people hear that like, oh, that's so like everything's going to work together for good. It's so optimistic. It's like, yeah, but what's the other option? Like, what would you rather be? Would you rather you know, just feel what you need to feel. I'm all about feeling emotions. Emotions are like my best friends and they feel big, you know, and at the same time, you know, what are you choosing? Yeah. How How can I learn from this? How, how am I going to allow this to impact me for good? You know, what am, what am I going to take from this in such a beautiful way? And, and the stories that, like you said, we decide, you know, we decide and, and I can look at that with my sister's death and, and I see so much of God's grace on her life in her death, 
you know, and I see so many, like the story that I have weaved is not just a story that I weave to make myself feel better about it. Like it is what I have come to believe to, you know, the tips of my toes. And that story serves me and honors her. Yeah. You know, of that so yeah. much serves me and honors her. That is yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And, that's, uh, and I'm sure people listening, everybody, you know, you're probably going through something right now, right? Like it's such a weird time in the world. So many people I know are going through so much mm-hmm. and it, it's, it's not emotional override. It's how can you lovingly look inward and support and love yourself where you are and also love yourself enough not to stay where you are. Right. Right. Yeah. You know? And the, and the growth opportunity is such a gift, you know? I was going through some stuff this morning and, you know, the initial kind of old reaction is like, what is wrong with me? Which is just self-hatred and shame and, you know, damnation pretty much. And then I was like, I'm here for this. I'm here for this. I came to this planet on a growth journey. Growth is what I love more than anything. So this really hard thing is such a beautiful opportunity. Let's embrace it. Let's do the work because I love doing the work, not necessarily when you're in the work, but I'm always grateful after that. And I love when Tony Robbins says, um, a worthy opponent, like, wow. you know, bring it on, <laughs> bring it on. This is, I am up to the task. This is a worthy opponent. And, and just shifting our energy around it, whether we kind of go into battle against something and allow our strengths to really rise or whether we switch to compassion and right. kindness and being inquisitive and curious, like that's where we start to unlock the growth. It's when we get so freaking stuck in the negativity that that's just 10,000 times more painful because there's no forward momentum. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. I love Gabor Mati says it's called compassionate curiosity. Mm-hmm. I love the way he says that. It's I always say loving self-awareness is is so big. I love your perspective so much. It's so cool. And you know, I, I'm excited to get to know you more because this is an interesting part. So yesterday, last night, um, we're I'm, I'm at a hotel right now, and I don't normally go in the pool or the tub. Like it's it's just not my thing as much, you yeah. know. But my wife was like, "Hey, let's go in the tub." So we went to the hot tub, and there were two girls in there. They were 20 years old, and um just talking about life stuff and things that they've experienced. And one of the girls said the same thing. Like, she was like, you know what? I realized she's like, what makes me really happy is growth. Like I love growing and I love being here for it. And she's like, it's weird because I've been through so much in my life so young, but it's made me really realize that I'm like, if if it's in front of me, I can handle it and I can grow from it. And I was like, you're 20. Like, right. That's what I'm thinking. Wow. you're legit, you know, but that's a belief. It's like, man, if something is in front of you, there's nothing greater than you aligned in front of you, period. So if it's big, take it as a compliment. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, yeah. And that's like the Tony kind of tone of like him cackling, you know, like, ah, (laughs) we're the opponent, bring it on. And I'm like, oh yeah, I need to step into that posture. Um, Will you kind of go back and share? You shared so much just gold at the event that we were at. And is there any way for you to touch on some of those points you went over? Because 
it, it was just instrumental in like my journey and what I was able to learn from you. So I would love for you to share just some nuggets of that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. You know, in my journey of understanding the human body and soul and mind and all that stuff, what creates real breakthroughs that I've realized is there's really like, I would say a three, three main things you absolutely need. And First, we need, it's the past, present, future. We need to understand how to heal from our past, right? Understand how to make my nervous system that's been carrying these belief systems. Like you're not safe to get in a relationship. You're not safe to go to this next thing. You're not safe to go to this next thing because of what I've experienced. Learning how to heal in the past and from that past in a loving, compassionate way. The second thing we absolutely need is how do you empower yourself in the present moment? Mm -hmm. Meaning emotional mastery. How do I build the confidence to know when something does come I'm here for it. I can handle it. Yeah. What are the principles of emotional mastery? So that I'm I'm with my emotions, not in my emotions. Yes. That's powerful and, right there. Yeah. And, and so, and then the third thing is, you know, how do I reprogram my subconscious mind for the future that I want? Meaning the identity, the belief systems, the value systems, the behaviors, the habits. And so there's a there's a past, present, future element. And it's it's been awesome because it's something that I've realized throughout so many parts of my life you know, back when I, one of the things in 2016, when I, I started learning the subconscious mind stuff, mm -hmm. I started understanding like things happen in like your root cause. Like I was four years old when I formulated that belief system. Right. I wasn't safe to speak boldly because if I did, I would dysregulate my home. Right. So I would just stay quiet and just please. So you can keep the peace. Yeah. And so, and we're walking around with that at 40 years old, you know? Yeah. Yeah. completely unconscious of where that comes from or, and, and I love that you painted that picture of past, present, future, because it's like, it's just a curious awareness. Like it's almost like coming at it from a, holy crap, you know, like light bulb moment. And then yeah. it doesn't own you anymore. Yes. 100%. Yeah. And then you can have compassion on yourself, right? Because Dr. Stephen Porges um, is, is said a statement. He said, there are no such thing as bad behaviors, only adaptive ones. Mm. So, you know, all these things, like the reason why we sabotage, the reason why we are insecure, the reason why we do most things is because we believe it's going to keep us safe and give us connection. Yeah. Right. So um, because, for example, when I was passive, I learned that if I wasn't passive, I would dysregulate my home and my home became less safe and I would have disconnection from my caretakers. Right. You know? And so I was like, oh, and so I could have way more compassion on myself and it literally takes away shame for me because I'm like, right. oh, Henry, that was, that was an adaptive behavior that you did. So let's just understand why my body, my mind, my nervous system, my, I feel like I quote unquote need to do this. Mm-hmm in order to be safe. And I'll give you one crazy example. I used to have this belief. I, well, first of all, the situation is so weird because no matter what I kept trying to do, I would hit a financial ceiling. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. And I was like, why? Like, what is going on? And yeah. I, it was weird. I felt like I was, am I programmed to only do a certain amount? And I was doing some amazing stuff. And at the time, I was working at a, a job where people were getting paid three times more than me, but I was too scared to even say what I did. And, and, and this, this is like a whole new layer. And I've been doing this work for a while. And then finally, I went back in and I did this work that I was just telling you about. And I said, whoa, I currently have a belief 
that if, quote unquote, well, I had a belief that if I became successful, I would lose connection with my sister and I value love over money. So what did I do right. every time I about to make money? I sabotaged because I didn't want to lose love. Yes, yes, yes. My only family member that's a lot, you know, that's alive, yeah. right? And so, and so I went through and I worked through it and even had a conversation with my sister about it. Literally worked through it, had a breakthrough. Two weeks later, I broke six figures for the first time in my life. Wow. Wow. That's like, amazing. Crazy. And my body, I could, I could have been mad at myself, but I was like, dude, little Henry was scared to lose love. Yeah. And, and that's, that's where I'm saying it comes from this, like, we need to come at it from this compassionate, lighthearted place of being inquisitive because when you make those connections and I remember, um, I was working with a coach at a time when I got out of a six year relationship, like the longest relationship I've ever had besides my husband. And I remember having to go like meet up to like settle up on some finances because we had been living together in some something. And my coach said, you've got to understand that you have such history. You have thousands of interactions with this person that were moments of love, moments of passion, moments of connection, like all these memories. And the second you see him, that's going to flood to the surface. And you're going to think I'm still in love with him. You know, that's what your body's going to feel. That's the, that's, what's going to be produced, but that's not your reality. And I was like, holy crap, that is so eye-opening that, you know, feelings are just feelings and they're dictated on past experiences and what comes up in the moment sometimes isn't the truth. And when we start to realize some of those things, it, it changes everything because I remember going into that experience and I was like, yep, here it is. Like, I think I'm still head over heels in love with him. And I was like, and I'm not, (laughs) and I was able to just walk away, you know, and not get tied up in it. And those connections to our past serve ourselves in our, in our present and future so much. hundred percent, million percent. That is so crazy to really think about. Think about how many interactions that you have, you know, and, and, we beat our, I, I, someone said something once to me. She said, you can't beat yourself up into healing, yes. you know? And it's like, a lot of times like, I can't believe I'm like this. I can't believe I'm like this. It's yeah. Like, Love is the healer. Yes. I always say you can't shame yourself better, you know, because I love that. That's yeah, good. having an eating disorder for so long in the past, it was like, if I just beat myself up and, and made sure I knew how horrible this action was, I wouldn't do it again. I'm here to tell you it doesn't work. It doesn't work that way at all. The only, you know, battling that more and more and more and more and getting harder and harder and harder on myself. The change came when I started to seek compassion for myself. Love That's that. when everything pivoted. Yeah. So so practically, if you're listening or watching this, I, I just feel like I we should have, I don't know, this feel this thought came to me. And so I'll just run with it. Was really look inward for a second and look at what you've been beating yourself up on. And look at what you don't like about yourself and how can you learn to love what you don't like about yourself? Because it's the interesting thing is, and from one modality of, I'm, I'm going to nerd out as for a second. I hope it's I okay. love it. <laughs> you know, if you think of an inner child, like that part of us, that is the younger child that experienced those things. Um, what they probably wanted was love and attention and, you know, compassion, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we neglect and reject ourselves, 
we're doing the very thing that caused the behavior to show up in the first place mm. ourselves. So the only way to really transcend it is to come at it with like this loving self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, you know, we invite um, you to just to listen to your heart for a second. Mm-hmm. What's come up for you? How can you learn to, ex- you can't love something you don't accept. Yeah. You know, and accepting it doesn't mean it's going to stay. Accepting it's like, right. hey, I, 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 I know you're doing the best that you can. Um, I know you're working hard. Um, I know that you don't like this part about yourself necessarily, but how can I have compassionate curiosity and give myself newer experiences with myself to create a safe enough place? Because here's the reality. Most of us tell ourselves enough truth to be uncomfortable, but not enough truth to be free. Mm. And that's a good one. Reason why Oof. we don't is we haven't created a safe enough place yeah. to get to enough truth to become free. Wow. And build a relationship with ourselves. So please just add a little bit more compassion to yourself. Be around people that can bring that compassion to you yeah. because that love and compassion will help you heal. Yeah. It's what sets you free. You know, yeah. that's the ticket. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have 20 other questions and we've got to wrap. <laughs> <laughs> well, Maybe too. we'll do session two. Yes. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, I am going to I'm going on a walk this afternoon just to kind of download this conversation. And, and I, you know, I'm coming right alongside you and saying that I encourage the audience to take the time, you know, so often we're just in this crazy fast paced world where we're consuming podcasts or we're reading books, but we're not taking the time to do the work. And a lot of time the work just looks like go for a walk without a podcast in your ears, go for a, you know, just unplug. I mean, it's crazy to think about how most of us literally don't unplug and just be with ourselves for even an hour. I mean, we can go months on end without that, you know? Thank you for being an example, to be honest. Like it reminds anybody listening and me, you know, like we've been doing this work for so long but even me, I'm at a new level right now where I'm extremely uncomfortable because I'm stretching myself and new fears are coming up for me and new new questions of like limitation are coming up for me because yeah. as you expand your comfort zone, it just, you know, you reach a new end point, a new, mm-hmm. resist, new resistance point. And the work is constant, you know, and it's not like when I get to this, I will be happy yeah. because there's a lot of when I get to this, we get there and then we look for the next when yeah. I get to this. Thank you for being an example of the work never ends, but yeah. it's beautiful because that means we just get to be better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I I echo that right back at you because, you know, like I said in the beginning, you are such a light bringer and your energy is felt in any space that you step into and, and the work that you're doing is just incredible, especially pouring into this younger generation. You know, we need an army of Henry's out there and I am just so grateful for you. You are a captain of an army uh, doing the same thing. Like I can copy paste everything you said and just be like <laughs> artificial intelligence, please repeat what she said. I love it. So grateful for this conversation. You know, it reminds me, you know, lastly, just to love myself where I'm at and get excited about where I'm going. Yes. You know? Yes. Oh, such a great place to wrap up. Love myself where I'm at. Be excited about where I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Henry, thank you so much for being on the show today. 
I am just so grateful for your friendship. And I know there's lots of, lots of stuff to come between you and I in the future. So I look forward to that as well. Same. Thank you so much. Thanks for being who you are. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely.